Well, I get the unique opportunity uh, today uh, to preach to my son over there. Uh, usually he's in the nursery, but he just caught the cold that Jamie and I just got over with. So you better listen up, son. Uh, we got some good things to talk about today. Um, if nobody else hears it, I count on you to listen. Um, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so uh, being a Christian in the uh, first couple centuries after Jesus uh, was not an easy task at all. Uh, a lot of the early Christians in the first couple hundred centuries, they lost their lives for no other reason than uh, that they had faith that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the Christ, that he was the Savior of the world. And so around the 4th century AD, about 300 years after Jesus was alive and accumulated all of his followers, feasts uh, were commemorated uh, for all Christian martyrs, and they were held in various places around the time of Easter and Pentecost. So anyone who died because of their faith, their Christian faith, that they believed that Jesus was the Messiah, they were recognized on this day. And this day was known as All Saints day. And then around uh, the 9th century AD, uh, Pope Gregory III, he moved All Saints Day from springtime to November 1st, which would be tomorrow. And the evening before um, All Saints Day was known as All Hallows Eve. And eventually, it was known as Halloween, and it was blended with the festivities of the ancient Celtic festival, excuse my pronunciation, but Samhain, I have no idea if that's correct pronunciation, but that, uh, that uh, Christian holiday, All Hallows Eve, blended in with the uh, pagan uh, festival, Samhain, and that's where we get Halloween, uh, a festival, a holiday that revolves all around death. Exciting. Huh. Uh, no, not really. Not, not real exciting or cheerful. I've never, I've never really been a big fan of Halloween. Do we have any big Halloween fans out there? A couple, not, not many. Yeah, I'm not, personally, I've never been uh, really the biggest fan of Halloween. I'm just ready for Halloween to be over with uh, so that we can get ready for Christmas. Am I right? Yeah, uh, I used to be uh, anti-decorating Christmas before Thanksgiving. I didn't want to gloss over Thanksgiving, but now that uh, we live away from my family and Jamie's family, we spend a lot of the holiday season traveling, and so Christmas goes just like that. So uh, you better believe this week in the McLean household, we're going to be decorating for Christmas uh, this week uh, as I'm ready uh, for that. But back to Halloween. That, that's what we're talking about. Back to Halloween. It's fitting that Halloween is all uh, about uh, death because that's exactly what we are going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about death. What fun. And it really will be fun because we're going to be talking about how we were all dead, but now part of this series and talking about the seven doctors of salvation, we'll see that we have newness of life. Newness of life. And we'll be talking about this as we continue our series, The Seven Doctrines of Salvation, as we've been talking about how sin is the main bad guy in our lives. Sin is the main bad guy in your life. You may think that's your boss or coworkers, spouse, children, parents, whomever it may be, but the main enemy in your life is nothing other than sin. Sin is the main antagonist in all of our lives. And we need saved from this big, complex, scary monster of sin. And by God's grace, he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross 
so that you and I could be saved from sin and all of the many different layers that sin brings into our lives. And again, this series is based off of Alva Huffer's book, Systematic Theology. It's a great resource to have that talks about a lot of the different beliefs uh, that we hold to as a church. If you like a copy, come see me after the service. Again, I think it's a great resource to have. But when we talk about uh, our natural course, pre-grace of God, naturally, we are all dead in sin. You and I, we are dead in sin, as life is all about communion with God. I think that's why God created mankind in the first place. I think that's why you are alive today, so that you could have a relationship with God. As apart from God, there is no real life to be had. You can be breathing, you can be thinking, you can be making a living, you can be relating uh, with those around you. But if, you're not, if you are not in fellowship with the God who created you in his image so that you could relate with him, then simply put, you are not experiencing life. Alva Huffer, in his book, Systematic Theology, he talks about the horizontal existence and the vertical existence, where every single human being, we, we, we take part in the horizontal experience of communing with other people. But it's only the Christ followers who take part in the vertical existence, where, where we commune with God, we have that relationship with God. And naturally, that vertical existence, that relationship with God, naturally, it is dead. It's dead in all of us. As naturally, we are all dead in sin. Some refer to this as the spiritual death. And the cause of the spiritual death is, again, the antagonist of sin. And Paul talks in depth, pretty in depth, about this issue of being dead in your sins in the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be spending the bulk of our time in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And this morning we're going to be reading verses 1 through 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, as Paul talks about the issue of being dead in your trespasses and dead in your sins. So in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, Paul writes to the church of Ephesus, and you, you were dead in the trespasses and sins. When you are dead in sin, that means the cause of your death is sin. And so naturally, because of sin, we have no communion with God. And so each and every one of us, we are spiritually dead. We are dead in our trespasses, and we are dead in our sins. The, word, uh, the, the idea behind uh, the word trespasses is that we have crossed a line. You know, a lot of times we, we think of the image of drawing a line, and we are not supposed to cross that line. But anytime we cross a line that we are not supposed to, we are transgressors. We, we, we are making a mistake. We are crossing the boundaries. And the idea behind the word sin is that we have missed the mark. And so many people think of the imagery of archery. Someone draws their bow, they shoot the arrow, and they miss the mark. They miss the bullseye. And that's kind of the idea as sin, as we miss the perfect standards of God. And so through our, through our trespasses, we, in the eyes of God, are viewed as rebels. And we, in the eyes of God, due to our sin, we are viewed as failures, as we have missed 
the mark. We have crossed the line as rebels, and we have missed the mark as a failure. And so naturally, before God, we are all rebels and failures. And so we continue in verse 2, and Paul writes, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So again, here, Paul, he's writing to the church in Ephesus. And so presumably, he's writing to a group of people who have already been saved. He's writing to a group of people who have already put their faith in Jesus. And he's saying to these Christ followers that you once walked in the trespasses of your sin. You once were dead in the trespasses and sins. They all walked in sin as they all followed the course of this world. As naturally, it's kind of human nature that we all want to fit in with those around us. Oftentimes, our reasoning for doing X, Y, or Z is that, well, Johnny did it first. We've all been there before, whether we were caught lying, cheating, stealing, whatever it may be from our parents, and they catch us, and they confront us about it, and they say, well, we did it because uh, Johnny did it first. Johnny did it, and so that's why we did it. Naturally, we are all trying to fit in with those around us, and Paul says here that, yeah, the, these people, the, the church in Ephesus, they were all following the course of this world. And that's a dangerous game to try and follow the course of this world because Paul shows us that the course of the world is being dead in your sin. And the world is dead in their sin because Paul says they are following the prince of the power of the air. Any ideas in who Paul is talking about here? The way I interpret this, I think Paul is talking about the devil and how the world is following the works of the devil. So watch out. We we shouldn't be conforming to the patterns of this world, but instead we should be transformed by the renewal of our mind. And so Paul, again, he says, they were all this. You once walked and you once followed the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. They all were there. And Paul continues in verse 3, and, and he writes, Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. And so Paul says to these Christ followers again, that at one point in time, They were carried out by the desires of their body and the desires of their mind. Whereas if their body and mind wanted to cheat, then guess what? They cheated. If their body and mind wanted to commit adultery, then guess what? They committed adultery. If their body and mind wanted to get drunk, then guess what? They got drunk. They just followed the the, the desires of their body and mind. And by nature, Paul says that they were by nature children of wrath. By nature, without God's grace, they were, they were children of wrath. So these, three verse, these uh, first three verses, they are quite brutal. Paul here is brutally honest with this church in Ephesus. He says that, hey, listen up, guys, naturally... You are all dead in your sin. You are dead in your, pa- in your trespasses. Listen up. 
naturally, before you, you, you had newness of life in Christ Jesus, you followed the world. And guess who the world followed? The world followed none other than the devil. And so Paul here, he's being brutally honest that they were naturally children of wrath and carrying out the desires of their flesh. And the truth of the matter is that I was there. I was there in my life. I was uh, one who was dead in my trespasses. I was dead in my sins. There was a point in time in which I followed the course of this world. If Johnny did it, then I was going to do it as well. There was a time where I was following the, the prince of the power of the air, the devil. There was a time where I was carried out by the desires of my flesh and mine, and I dare make the statement this morning that you were as well. There was a time in your life that you were dead in your sins. You were dead in your trespasses, and you followed the course of this world. As by nature, we are all children of wrath, as we are all by nature dead in our sins. Man, that's quite a Debbie Downer this morning. Quite a Debbie Downer as, as by nature, basically, we are all a big, hot mess. Nothing more, nothing less than, than a big, hot mess. But thank goodness, Paul does not stop here in verse 3. Paul, starting in verse 4, he says, but, but listen, I have some good news. But God, being rich in mercy... Because of the great love with which he loved us. So even though we, by nature, children of wrath, by nature we are dead in our sins, thank goodness God is rich in mercy. Because he's rich in mercy because of the great love that he had for you. I love that Paul here, he uses the past tense when talking about the love that God had for them. God loved them when they were dead in their sins. God loved them when they were following the course of the world and following uh, the, the leadership of none other than the devil. But thank goodness for God, which he loved us. And Paul continues in verse 5, even when we were dead and our trespasses made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. And so God loved us even when we were dead and our trespasses, even when we were dead and our sins, and he made us alive. God made us alive together with Christ. Where Jesus right now, he's ascended into the heaven at the right hand of God, and we are made alive with Jesus. Where naturally, we were all dead in sin, but now we have newness of life. We have newness of life together with Christ Jesus. And Paul continues in verse 6, and he says, And raised us up with him and seated, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so again, Christ, he, he, he was dead. He was dead in the grave, but God raised him from the grave. And after 40 days ministering here on the earth, God ascended Jesus to heaven, where right now as we speak, Jesus is ministering on our behalf at the right hand of God in heaven. And you and I, we are united with him. We are united with the king of the world. We are united with the savior of the world, the savior who is going to judge 
the world. You and I are made alive together with him, the man who is seated in heaven. Now, I don't think that means that, that we are going to heaven with Jesus, but simply Paul's saying here that we are united with, with, with the man who is seated in heaven as we speak. And so Paul continues again in verse 70, and he writes, so that in the coming ages, he, that is God, might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying that, that uh, God has united us with Christ Jesus. He, have, he has given us this newness of life so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace. I think the, the, the coming age that Paul is talking about, I think that is the kingdom age where everything wrong with this world is going to be made right. And in that day and age, if you and I, if we are united with Jesus, if we have newness of life, then God is going to show you, he's going to show me the immeasurable riches of his grace. You will not be able to measure his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And then finally, in verse 8, a verse that many are familiar with, Paul writes, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. So it's not our own doing that we have this newness of life, that we have been saved. We, this is all possible by the grace of God. And all that we have to do is accept it through our faith. It's that easy. It is that simple. If you have a living and active faith in God and his son, Jesus Christ, then let me tell you, you once were dead, but now you have newness of life. You have been united with Christ Jesus, the man who had power and victory over death. God granted him that power and that victory over death. And Paul kind of echoes uh, this sentiment. I, I want to take just a, a quick peek in Romans chapter 6, um, another great passage where Paul talks about uh, this idea of being dead in sin and receiving newness of life. And so just a couple minutes in Romans chapter 6, Paul is talking about us again being united with Christ Jesus through baptism. As when we are baptized, we're dunked under the water. That represents us being united with Jesus in his death. And when we are raised up from the water, that represents us being united with Jesus in his resurrection. And so Paul says in Romans uh, 6, 4, we won't read it, but he says, we too might walk in newness of life. We've been united with Jesus so that we can have this newness of life. And Paul talks about what this newness of life looks like. He, he describes that a bit. And that's what we'll read in just verses 11 through 14. Paul writes, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God and Christ Jesus. Now, now there's a, a very careful uh, discrepancy that we have to make here. There is a huge difference between being dead in sin and being dead to sin. No, if you are mad at someone, you might say, oh, man, you are dead to me. 
That means that basically, for all intents and purposes, you don't even exist. You are dead to me. That's how angry I am with you. And Paul says, so Paul says that when we have newness of life, sin is dead to us. Sin has no part with us. For all intents and purposes, it has no existence as we are united with Christ Jesus. We are made alive. We have this newness of life to God and Christ Jesus. And so Paul continues in verse 12, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. So we are now dead to sin, and sin has no part with us anymore. This is the good news. This is the gospel message where now we offer ourselves to God. As you and I, we have access to this newness of life. Each and every one of us has that opportunity. Paul says all we need to do to receive this newness of life is to accept it through our faith through our living and active faith where we prove our faith through our works. It's that simple. Charles Spurgeon, a famous preacher, describes this new life that we have available to us as this, quote, newness of life, what does it mean? It means this. When we are born again and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, which things take place at the same time, we receive a life which we never before possessed. We begin to feel, to think, and to act as we never did before. The new life is something foreign to our fallen nature. That is the newness of life that we have access to simply because Christ Jesus died and and, and he paid for the sin of the world. He defeated the main antagonist in our lives of sin. He has saved us. We have salvation from sin. And so because of this, we have a much fuller life. We have that vertical existence where we can commune with God. We feel differently from those around us. We think differently from those around us, and we act differently from those around us. And so this morning, I just want to urge you, I want to encourage you all to not seek to be conformed to the patterns of this world. That's what Paul says in, uh, in the uh, passage in Ephesians in the first three verses, that we were following the course of this world. We wanted to be like Johnny who lived down the street who was doing X, Y, and Z. But the good news is that you are different. You're different from the rest of the world. You have new life. You have life that the rest of the world does not have access to. As we were all dead in our sins, we did not have any fellowship with God. The exact reason why all of us, why all of mankind is alive today so that we could have fellowship. The rest of the world, they do not have that because of one thing, because of sin. But Jesus saved us from the enemy of sin. And because of that, We have newness of life where we have fellowship with God. And when we live like it, when we live like we have newness of life, then we have the promise of sharing an eternal life when Christ comes back to this earth. 
where we will have new life again. We will have new bodies. No more aches, no more pains, no more sorrow, no more death, no more sickness. This is the kingdom age. This is what is that store for you and I if we accept salvation from sin in which we have newness of life. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we just thank you for this promise of newness of life, that we can think differently, we can act differently, we have different emotions, different feelings. Father, I pray that we leave our old life of sin behind us and that we fully take on this new life that you have given to us. Father, I just pray that uh, you remind us to think about your coming kingdom where we will receive those new bodies, where we will have the perfect, never-ending life in your coming kingdom. Father, we thank you for the gift of life made possible only through the sacrifice of your precious son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you.